Hey guys, welcome to my episode with guest Sadamni Tampe. She is a designer based here in Amsterdam who grew up all over India and embracing all sorts of religions, specifically because she went to a Catholic school, as well as being raised with Hindu traditions at home, hearing stories from her grandparents and her parents, and most recently, being in a relationship with someone from a Muslim background. She believes that we are all trying to tell the same story, but in different ways. So in this episode, we unpacked what it was like to be raised in India, yet living out a Western experience of the world, and which stories from her Hindu mythology background stuck with her and how they informed her worldview. Make sure you take time to listen to her part two and part three, where we unpack the viewpoint of postmodern truth and how do you find meaning in today's world, as well as Sadamani's views on feminism, relationships, marriage, and dating cross-culturally. Thanks for listening. So you just already mentioned it. You have this interesting between two worlds sensibility. So you're from India and have now lived in Europe, in Western Europe, um, for a significant portion of your life, especially your adult life. Um, yeah. So tease that out a little bit. What, what are some of the things that you have noticed, maybe where you feel different from both sides? Um, yeah, where you don't fit yeah. in on either side. I think, so... I think luckily, uh, growing up in India, I had a pretty, well, I don't know if I call it, but yeah, I guess I would say luckily because it helped me fit in here better, but I had a pretty westernized sort of upbringing. Um, and as a result of that, also like, I mean, kind of touching upon the topic of even religion, I, so my, so my family identifies as Hindus or my parents identify as Hindus and by virtue of that I identify as a Hindu as, as well but huh. if you really ask me like do I do anything that like makes me a Hindu and not something else I don't think so like in, in my personal life I don't really like follow religion um, but but just growing up with like parents who are really open to like letting you be or choose who you wanted to be and what you wanted to believe in uh, which is, I think, in a sense, like, there is a bit of, like, westernization there already, which is, like, this mm. idea of freedom, you know, like, that mm. uh, you can be who you want to be, you're not, like, bound to things. Um, but, yeah, but, like, I grew up in that environment. I grew up in, like, schools which which uh, were more sort of international, I guess. Actually, like, the school that I went to for a big chunk of my, like, teen years was a Christian school, but, like, had a lot of, like, you know, kids who traveled abroad and, like, spoke really good English and, like, a lot of times I get this, like, you don't sound Indian at all. Uh, so, but yeah, it came from that. It's not that I like lived abroad when I was young, but it just, uh, that's, that's, that's what happened. And that, that also made me like, really, it made it very easy for me to sort of like settle into this, into this life in Western Europe. Mm. Um, it wasn't a huge change. I know like for a lot of Indians, it's a big change because like, it's culturally so, so different. Mm. Uh, but for me, it wasn't. I think I was like really excited about it. Uh, but yeah, that had a lot to do with maybe just my upbringing back home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So interesting. So it was like already a trend that you were 
living in, especially from your parents and the people you're surrounded by. Um, so then in your introduction, so we'll, we'll jump into this. So you described yourself as uh, an agnostic who believes in, in the power of stories. So do you wanna unpack that at all? <laughs> yeah, of course, I think. So, I mean, so firstly, I come from a country that like believes in, you know, multiple gods, <laughs> or at least like Hinduism is a religion that is, um, yeah, it just, just has like about 30 million gods. And um, I feel like since I was a child, I've been, so, so both my grandmothers, my mother's mom and my dad's, uh, my uh, dad's mom were uh, really good storytellers. Like they weren't professional storytellers, but they would sort of, like they were really into like passing on stories that they had heard uh, as they were children. And, and a lot of what I learned about religion or what I learned about Hinduism or what I learned about like ancient India and like the Mughal empire and whatnot came from stories that they told me at night. Mm -hmm. And so to me, they, these were just like really beautiful narratives, which had a moral. Sometimes they didn't have a moral. Sometimes they just had like really interesting characters. And if you actually look at like Hindu mythology, it is, crazy it's like books with really uh, complex uh, characters and relationships and like lots of different people working with each other lots of different gods and um and but but like these stories are woven together really beautifully that they make sense and like they somehow just make you really think about uh, these particular characters and what they're doing hmm. I don't think any of these stories or any of these books are meant to sort of um tell you to, to be a certain way or uh, believe in a, in, in a specific something. But I think they just sort of open your mind out to like, this is a situation, this is what's happening, this is what the character is doing. And every character, even, even the ones we worship, like even the ones we call God have like a really, um, a good side to them and a bad side to them. Mm -hmm. And like, that's very clearly laid out. So it's not like this person is God because he's, amazing and he's just like doing everything right but Perfect he's also doing really horrible things and like hmm. and it's it's I think like over time people have just sort of made what they wanted to make out of it and you know like kind of idealize idealized people but from my perspective it's actually a very like um sort of objective like story which is supposed to just uh raise curiosity and like you know help people uh, kind of interpret it in the way they want. Hmm. So, so I, I feel like a lot of like Hindu mythology is that for me. And it's just like really beautifully written stories where every character is super complex. So I don't, so that's, that's what me, like never made me really like think of any one thing as God or any one, you know, person as being, because like even like one of the, the, the important gods that we pray to in India, he's called Ram and, um, I mean, if you read the book that he's, uh, I, I've read one of, read one of the abridged versions of like one of the Indian mythology books. And I mean, like, okay, sure. He's, he's a very virtuous human being, but then there, there are points in the story when he's just really not being a good person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you're just like, Hey, okay. Wow. This is like, this is very interesting. Like, I don't, I think like, that's exciting to know that like in, in reality today, like there isn't I don't know, nobody's like 100% good or 100% bad. It's just like, we're all a mix of values and that's kind of what matters. And like in different situations, people behave differently. Huh. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 
so yeah that so so that whole idea was very interesting to me and so from since a long time like indian mythology or indian like you know uh, hindu scriptures to me are just really fantastic like books mm. <laughs> written by somebody um uh, which it's the same thing right like you watch a movie that you take something away from and you learn a lesson from like it's like that for me it's not so much that i want to yeah idolize anybody in the book or yeah pray to them yeah pray to them yeah that's so interesting so th- this is exciting actually because it's you know obviously very well not obviously very different but cuz actually i can relate to a lot of what you're talking about with biblical stories where it's like, here's this dude named King David, and he started as a little shepherd boy, and then he, he like fought this Goliath guy who was massive, and these armies were like destroying Israel, and they're like, we have no hope, and this little shepherd boy is like, we have a good God, and I'm going to kill this guy, and everyone's like, you're silly, and go home, and then he, you know, this awesome story where he like slings this stone and hits the guy right in the middle of his forehead and kills him, and everyone's just like, whoa and then David like goes you know he gets propelled to like fame and then there's still a king and then there's this like rivalry and so yeah it's like fascinating stuff and you're like wow this is crazy and someone should make a movie out of this um so I can definitely relate to that uh it feels like a lot of my childhood is just getting caught up in the stories um and so I can definitely I can definitely relate to that and I'm actually kind of curious like if you have any um story that really stands out to your in your mind from from your childhood that like it really made an impact because I kind of would love to hear it and then see how someone soaked in these stories what kind of sensibilities would start to develop from that that's kind of one of the things I'm curious about yeah so for instance I think so one of the stories I don't know if this is something I heard uh during childhood or if I just something I read but the the abridged version of uh the Ramayan, which is like uh, one of like the oldest like books in uh, Indian mythology, um, was so basically Ram <laughs> is uh, this really virtuous dude who has a wife called Sita, and some crazy drama happens in his family, and his stepmom sends him away to uh, on exile for about fourteen years. Um, I'm just like cutting short, like kind of like have you have you watched Drunk History? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> a bit like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give us the drunk history version of this. <laughs> no, so so he's just sent off on exile for like 14 years with his wife. And then his brother, who's also like, you know, I don't go anywhere without my older brother, kind of like decides to go with them and like protect them. And so they have these like crazy adventures over the 14 years. And at some point in the crazy adventures, his wife, Sita, gets abducted by a demon and is in is kept captive at his for a long time and then basically a big chunk of the Ramayana is like Ram trying to get his wife back from the demon Hmm. Um, and what happens towards the end of the story uh, like far end of the story is that um, they finally they finally bring her yeah basically everybody's being a bit weird about it so what happens (laughs) is that so, so Ram at some point sends a helper who's a monkey this he's also an indian god um, oh i think i know that one what's yeah, his name hanuman hanuman yeah so, i've totally heard of him so so he sends hanuman to rescue um sita with and and as like 
a, a way that she, so she does never met Hanuman, right? So, she, so as a way of her being able to recognize who he is, he takes Ram's ring with her. And so he goes to rescue her, but he does being a total bitch. And she's like, whatever, I'm not going to go with you. Ram has to come himself. So, so that happens. And so poor Hanuman just goes back and then finally there's a huge ass war. So like Ram eventually has to go fight the demon, get his wife. And then at the end of the story, what happens is that, um, he starts doubting his wife and he's like, you were in this demon's like captivity for so long, you're probably impure. So he's implying that they probably hooked up, right? That's, that's what, but she's just like, what the hell? Like, I'm all for you and you're not believing me. So there's this whole like drama where he is kind of pointing fingers at her and he's like doubtful, even though she's like, you know, like, come on, like you have to trust me more than that. And then it kind of ends with like, she's so frustrated that she says that, you know, if I'm lying, um, I know if, if I'm speaking the truth, then uh, the mother, mother earth will basically like crack open and swallow me. And uh, that's kind of what happens. And then obviously he feels like shit. So there's this whole moment towards the end, which I think a lot of like Indian, like a lot of, you know, like Orthodox Indians would be like, oh, you know, he should have done that, like woman, whatever, like she, she, a man has the right to question his woman about this and that you know like it, it would be a bit like sexist but then on the other hand I mean a lot of women would be like come on dude like just believe her believe right. your wife she's <laughs> so so there's a lot of this I think like each of these characters have like really weird sides to them as well like even Sita just like being very pompous and saying no Ram has to come pick me up I won't go with come on, you could have like avoided a whole war, right? So, <laughs> so, so there's, yeah, they're like elements of these characters, which are just, um, yeah, very interesting. And I feel like a lot of people have these sides to them, no matter how incredible they are, right? So, so yeah, so the, the end of the story, especially is very controversial in India, because like some people feel like it was his it was right of him to make her go through this whole so basically what he does is and the reason she decide, ends up like getting swallowed by the earth is because he says that you have to take a it's called an agni pariksha but he says like you should walk into the fire and if you're if you're speaking the truth you will come out alive but she's like no excuse uh -huh. me if i'm going to speak the truth then i just want to die because i'm so embarrassed right now so that's kind of what happens and it's so it's like a really controversial moment because uh, people feel very differently about it in the country because mm. some of them are like, no, oh, that was right. And some people are just like, come on, you were being an asshole. So, um, <laughs> wow. so yeah, I think, I think this is like a pretty clear moment where, you know, like th there would be a lot of, uh, like there would be groups of people that would feel very differently and, and have things against each other or like have like, I guess, religious riots and things like that. But Oh, dang. Oh man, I definitely want to come back to that. That's so cool. I really thank you. That is so fun to hear. I just want to hear more more stories now. It's so cool to just hear your like a little bit of commentary, a little bit of more story. Um, but I can totally see how. Uh, well, so you know Joseph Campbell. I think some of our improv teachers have talked about him, but he talks about how stories, all mythology kind of boils down to, oh, like the hero's journey, I think is what he talks about. But then there's another guy named Jordan Peterson who talks about mythology is like maps to meaning for a culture. And, it, and it's like the stories that we tell to 
to bring about morals or I don't know, like um, gender roles or good and evil. And <clears throat> But it's so interesting to hear you talk about this because I feel like what I'm hearing is more of like, a, there's like the traditional um, Hindu story that maybe you've heard, but now you're also kind of bringing in like the sensibility of like modern feminism and maybe more like exactly. postmodernism of like, well, is the traditional uh, interpretation the only valid interpretation and um, and also kind of like standing up for for Sita and just be like, hey, like, you know, and so um, right and wrong is also kind of maybe shifting in how people interpret things and stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's also shifting. I mean, for me, it shifted as I grew up because I'm sure I was cool with this version of the story or, or rather I had a different interpretation of it when I was a kid. And then as I grew up, I, I started looking at it differently and I started looking at like, maybe he's not a god i mean i think like everybody has their flaws right like it's so yeah so exactly it kind of like changes uh the interpretation of, of what is what is right or wrong yeah so okay so i have a follow-up question because then i do want to get into the what you talked about with like potentially bringing to uh going from a narrative form into conflict which is fascinating and i think india has such a diverse population like you had already mentioned the 30 million gods what i've heard is that even by different regions kind of have their own subset of gods and um yeah. and so it seems like uh in india is like really founded on this idea of multiculturalism and like we're kind of like the poly polytheism and so anyway, so yeah wait, let's put a little pause on that because i do want to come back to that but um one of the differences that i'm that i'm picking up on is so within the biblical narrative, uh, and people can kind of get this wrong. Sometimes they, they read the stories like, this is exactly how we're supposed to act. And so they look at, how, I don't even know, like how Abraham interacts with his wife, Sarah. And they're like, clearly this is how men and women should interact. Without, I think, realizing more, the Bible is supposed to show humanity in its flaws and then God and how they interact together and humans trying to understand what God wants for them and like often getting it wrong and sometimes getting it right. And so then it's more of a reflection of like, where do I find myself in the story? And then what can I learn about God through how I'm reacting or how they're reacting, that kind of thing. So one of the questions that I have is, and I felt this like, well, about like Greek mythology as well. Like the stories are so fascinating, but then it's confusing how it leads to worship. So worship being um, some sort of connection between the physical realm and the spiritual realm. Um, and so that's how you then develop a religious sentiment because through worship, you're like, okay, we need to do these type of things in order to. So with a story like this, how does the, the God um, Ram, I think his name, yeah. but then how would people kind of take this story and then create things to do to access him as a God or, or why would you worship him or something like that? Yeah, that's interesting. I think it's, I think it has a lot to do with like how these stories have passed on over, over the centuries and the version of the story that people have grown up listening to, right? And um, I think in, uh, yeah, like a, a big part of the country, I mean, yeah, I think, I think India is still like, um, a big part of the country is, um, I guess, sort of, what's the word for it? I'm trying to, so more, um, 
like male like having male dominant views that's what i'm saying oh for sure um yeah like a big chunk of it especially in like smaller towns and like smaller parts of india and i think <clears throat> i don't know it's kind of like a chicken and egg situation because it probably comes from like stories like this this kind of like attitude or thinking or maybe it was already like that and and the stories just sort of like reinforce these values mm. uh but yeah i think it's it's just the way they have been told and uh i guess in all the stories that we've heard in the past like ram has always been this like awesome dude who is like i don't know saved the world and like saved uh like fought this demon and like brought glory to his town and all of that stuff huh. um and um, yeah that's just that's and I, and i think you know at the end of the day i feel like people <clears throat> like i i understand the idea of faith like people need to have something to sort of lean on and like feel good about and like somebody to look up to sometimes when you're just um uh when you're down and and that's what this story or this idol was providing to people mm-hmm. and that's kind of that's kind of like what led to like him being this or you know this being this sort of role model like that's what you know kids want uh, or parents want their kids to be they want to be as virtuous as like this one or that one or so mm-hmm. so it comes from yeah just the way these stories have been told it's only maybe in the last like 50 years or so that people have started looking at them differently and like having different interpretations of mm-hmm. them But yeah, if you just if I just look at the old model, it's it's all like it all talks about like this one power or or these few people who had these powers and um were doing something right and then that's what people are sort of falling like holding on to. Hmm. Um and so what's it like being a woman and hearing some of these stories? You kind of already mentioned this like there's still some maybe encamped uh patriarchal themes or 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 actual codified uh i don't even know patriarchy. that was what i was looking for <laughs> yeah so so yeah cuz yeah. cuz i could hear that story and just be like ah sita's kind of a crappy character and she's the only woman in the in the story or, or something like that so yeah. what's that what's that like uh yeah it is yeah it's very it's it's it is very interesting because in a lot of them i feel like um so even even in other other female characters in the ramayan have i think the other female characters are just mothers so basically the king has like multiple wives and one of them gets really jealous that her kid won't get to take the throne so she sends ram off on exile so yeah i guess they're not very like they're strong characters but they're not like there's this idea of like a vamp you know like somebody who's like not looking out for uh who who's just trying to like uh, look out for her own, own interests um which i've also seen like translate into a lot of like indian tv and cinema uh, over the years because that's hmm. just like the idea i i'm 100% sure people get that a lot from like these books and like from from what hmm. they've read and they kind of think it's right because they've read it in like these old mythological books to create right? like a a, stereo- um, a stereotypical yeah Woman and then even exactly and then another one another uh, book called the ramayan also has um it's about like again it's about a war but basically there are these five brothers and their mom always asks them to share everything they got and at some point they like one of them kind of wins this woman's hand in marriage and the mother says you have to share her so so no so 
then she's like everybody's life and like all of this is you know like we grew up listening to it and it sounded normal <laughs> but oh, like boy. now when you just like take and listen to it you're like wait what yeah uh, so yeah and that's the thing right like i if you don't have if you don't have like the intellectual capability to like rethink these things over a period of time you just believe it you think this is what's right and this is how things are done um and yeah i think india is actually like a victim to a lot of this like kind of thinking sadly mm. um hmm well wow. yeah hmm okay so how do you feel like maybe jumping into middle of your story um you, you mentioned christian school actually i'm kind of curious did you have any action with christians at christian school like yeah, actually so people who believed like not just yeah like what was that like so yeah it was it was uh yeah very interesting because um we had a few nuns in school and like i think our principal was christian and we sang like hymns to jesus like every morning and it, and that, yeah so we do you I, remember like, any of them oh my god <laughs> i'm sure i do i'm sure i do i'll i'll sing them to you later <laughs> i need to think back awesome. uh, yeah and but to be really honest like i wasn't thinking that hard about like why i was doing these things because at home we prayed to a different god and like um but i i think from a pretty early age like i didn't have this idea that like i'm hindu and like i must do these things i think i was very open to also i, I guess it helped like uh, studying in a christian school because i was exposed to so much other stuff and like we would you know people in india don't really celebrate christmas but we did in our school and it was mm. a big deal like we made the little like stable and like did the whole sort of like uh, like skit around it and things like that and i think just just having that exposure made me feel like a there's like a lot of similarity between religions um and b like i didn't actually strongly identify with either i was doing it because i respected the school that i was in and i respected the people who wanted mm. these things and it was the same at home i was i was doing these things because i respected my parents beliefs but like if i were to have kids would they would they actually like would i would i ask them to be religious probably not hmm. i think they would just like be free to choose uh what they want to be if they if they want to be religious that's fine if they don't that's fine too little little 2 year old sadamani you're going to just let her have the <laughs> freedom to choose yeah but, but i mean no one's going i mean i guess at 2 year olds you're not at 2 year old you're not going to probably like have these ideas but when you grow up and when you're maybe a teenager and if you have specific like ideas i would yeah i think i would be okay with like people choosing who they want to be because honestly like i don't think there's anything wrong with being being religious it's it's what i think what people turn religion into sometimes which which is at least in india i've seen it it's become it's become a power game right like huh. you want things to be a certain way uh there are like wars and there are um whatever like riots in the country and you you're so stuck up on like this is how everybody should think and believe i i, I don't agree with that but i'm i'm absolutely okay if you believe that there's a god and if you uh one of if you want to follow a religion and if you have very strong beliefs about that as long as you're not imposing them on other people i think that's mm. fine mm. yeah and so is that a common occurrence 
that there's violence due to religious differences? Hundred percent. Yeah, huh. all the time. Man. So much, especially especially between like uh, like the Hindus and the Muslims, and like huh. it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, like the northern part of the country, because that's something that you know I'm not used to. Um, and so things that are going down in America, everyone's just like, "What the crap!" But then there is other countries where this kind of stuff just is a very common occurrence. Maybe not to the same degree or something, but um, I'll, I'll I'll tell you something interesting, which is that, uh, and this goes, I guess, switching topics a little bit, but this goes to my, this is about my relationship. So my boyfriend is, his family identifies as Muslims, or his dad at least. Okay, and. Uh, I had a very interesting, well, not conversation, but interaction with my mother about it, because strangely enough, I grew up uh, hearing that like Muslims are not good people and that mm. kind of stuff. But I, I didn't ever like only from my mother. I think my dad is very open minded, but she had these very sort of like uh, limited views about uh, religion, I guess. And uh, so when I told her this year that I'm going to bring him uh, home to meet everybody, which never happened because thanks to COVID, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but she, she did ask me, like, I think the first thing that she asked me was, are you going to change your religion for him? And I was like, what? No, hmm. like that, like that's not where we're at. Right. Like hmm. that's, uh, that's inconsequential because we want to be with each other. Firstly, we, neither of us are religious, but even if we were like, why is that bothering you? Like what bothers you about it? So hmm. So yeah, I think she was just like really afraid that I would, I don't know, maybe convert to Islam or something, which, uh, yeah, this is, this is kind of like what people like, it's a, it's a weird thought. Maybe I don't understand it completely, but like a huge part of like Indian society is like that. Like they mm. don't, they're very like skeptical about like other religions and they're skeptical about like Christianity, Islam, especially because like Hinduism is a majority in the mm. country. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a bizarre like interaction with my mom. <laughs> um, well, and it's yeah, probably it's, not. It's probably going to keep going because so. Or do you feel like it was resolved, or it was just like kind of now it's under the rug kind I, of thing? I think she. I think she accepts like my decision. Uh, maybe if she wanted, she had had her way, and if she had to like do it from scratch, or she had like you know a, a way to pick a, a partner for me she probably wouldn't pick somebody from an islamic community which is so crazy because it's not even like my you know it's like what does this even mean because he his mother is german and i don't think he he never followed religion his dad identifies as a muslim his mother is german so it's just like like where is this even coming from but uh but i get it i think it's like a bit of like old school thinking in some in some way and uh it's too late to like change her or it's hard to change her opinion at this point so mm -hmm. so she was she was like <clears throat> accepting like my decision but i don't know if she would just deep down be happy about it if i had to do it all over again <laughs> well yeah and i guess i have a perception that arranged marriages are still kind of a thing but it, was that never a pressure that you you felt or something no, no, that was fine. I think uh, I think most people in my family got married because, yeah, I mean, they were dating somebody and it worked out. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, so yeah, it, no, but you're right. That is, it is in a in a big. I mean, I feel like my family is like a really small percentage of like what 
like we form a very tiny percentage of like Indian society also because this is like middle class, more educated people, but like a big chunk of like India isn't. And uh, mm. and yeah, and, 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 and uh, arranged marriages are 100% a thing still. Mm. Mm. So you never, you never got set up with anyone, like go on this date and let's see how it goes kind of thing. Okay. No, no, I wish I had, it would have been fun. It would have been very entertaining. <laughs> um, is no, is that how it works? Or is it very much like, this is your wife, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have no idea, how does it work? No, 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 I think that, I think that happens too. But I think now just people are like kids and teenagers and whatever, like people in their uh, millennials are just a lot more um, I guess vocal about like what they want and huh. uh, parents have become more accepting over the years but yes that was it that used to be a thing where you're just like presented with a person and like not given a choice oh, boy. Um, in, in some in some parts of the country that was a thing um, but yeah like quite often it is like it is kind of like courtship like you have your parents go like hey there's this person like you should meet or like it's my so-and-so friend's son and then you just kind of hang out with them over a few dates and like but it's it's not like a long dating period you have to decide in like maybe five dates or something <laughs> if you want to spend your life with them so but a lot of people are cool with it like a lot of young people are cool with it too because I don't know I feel like it's uh there's a certain security that comes from it because I guess your parents would always find you somebody who's been, you know, from a similar financial background, perhaps from a similar religious background, which in a lot of cases, like people think works really well. Um, and I, and I do see like value in it. I just don't think it again, like, I don't like, I don't think it should be forced on anyone or like people shouldn't be against like if a Hindu girl and a Muslim guy want to be together, like that shouldn't, not be okay but that is a lot of times looked down upon you know because mm. uh, yeah mm. well and there's also yeah that's so interesting um how long have you and your boyfriend been together really long um i think <laughs> eight years uh, no we've known i think we've known each other eight years we've probably <clears throat> been together seven Whew. wow congrats yeah. that's awesome how do you feel about that? Does that just feel like this is what it is? Or does it feel like, yeah, this was a feat and we're making it? Or is it just like, we'll see what happens? Oh, it's been, it's been really good. I feel like we've had our like ups and downs. We've also like, uh, we've been through some really hard situations together as well. Uh, but like now we're in a place where we're just so solid, like emotionally that I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you've stuck it out with somebody for so long and also like, communication between us like way too much sometimes so which is a good thing because I feel like everything is always out on the table we talk about things that we want we don't want so it's um yeah I think at, at this point we're at a at a really good place where I think we understand each other like emotionally really well to be able to like uh to to yeah to sort of be able to like cater to each other in a certain way or like mm -hmm. to know what buttons to not push or like what uh yeah to like to, so we know our boundaries and we know like we know like I, I think there's enough respect between two parties to like um and at the same time there's a lot of openness too because you know the thing is like when you've been with somebody for this long like things change like you know you grow as you grow as people and like oh, want yeah. different things sometimes and i think there's a big like i think the reason we're still 
in this together is because we're both very open people and we're open to like the other person wanting something completely like crazy that you may not have thought of like <laughs> i don't know two years ago um because it makes them happy and because maybe you want to make things work or whatever like it's it's a good huh. place <laughs> huh. I mean, i'm curious if you have an example but maybe that's maybe that's too far <laughs> um <laughs> So, okay, uh, we're, we're coming to the end of part one, and I just wanted to hear um, more of what your current beliefs look like. So you, you mentioned you're agnostic. And so what does that mean for you? And maybe are there things you're currently looking into as far as spirituality? So how do you interact with spirituality right now? So, yeah, I think, I feel like spirituality means like, it's a very individual thing, right? It doesn't, it means different things to different people. Um, so for me, again, like I, I think being agnostic to me means that like I don't actually believe in um I don't believe in an entity called God. And I don't uh for me, like I can find uh faith in many different things. So I I could have a like again, like I could have like Superman can be my role model if I feel like that's where like that's where my heart is. Uh my dad could be my role model, whatever it could. I, I feel like I, I find that idea of faith. Like I don't, I'm not against the idea of faith. I find that idea of faith in a lot of good find in a lot of different things at different points in life. Mm-hmm. Um, like for a lot of people, like yoga is like a point of just sort of grounding themselves mm-hmm. for me. Also it is, it, it has been that for a long time. I think, um, yeah, I think to me it's it, the, again, just, looking up to something like what what maybe and correct me if i'm wrong and i think like you might have a completely different interpretation of this but to me like looking up to like sort of a higher being is a way of like feeling secure and feeling grounded and feeling um um yeah like you feeling protected in a way right and Mm. i feel like i get that from other things so i don't necessarily believe in that idea of Mm. god Mm. Uh, but I'm curious to hear like what is what does it mean to you like what is um yeah what is looking up at it like a higher power mean to you yeah I'm thinking as you're talking because I knew this was probably gonna come back yikes as the interview you can't just stay safe with it behind the questions yikes um yeah it's so okay so some of the things that I observed about what you said which will help springboard me into what I want to say I think but it's interesting that you, so you highlighted role models. So an aspect of religion is things to look towards that help us become better, I think, or like advance who we are. You also talked about this idea of being grounded. Um, yeah, yoga could be it or relationships could be it. Um, and so, yeah, maybe there's this sense of like, uh life come you know life comes at us like we're like a little i don't know bottle tossed in the ocean but then there could be something like a buoy where it's got that anchor or something so then you're 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 grounded or um or like a plant as well it's got roots that keep it from being blown over so there's a sense that like spirituality or, or faith can provide that that groundedness um yeah so interesting so i think for me um a lot of what faith provides is the ability to understand myself better like human nature 
and then and also turning it inward of understanding who am I in the universe and how do I operate and um, so of course there's an aspect of what is right and wrong and how how should I navigate um, like things like I mean relationships is such a great example so as like a man um, how do I know within myself what desires are worth pursuing and what desires are not worth pursuing and I think this is often what stories are meant to help us understand but um, as a little growing dude you're just you're just in the throes of hormones or whatever it might be or or rage or or embarrassment or and so there's a whole bunch of like self-preservation mechanisms at work and so um I think what my, my Christian lens has helped me understand is that there is the true me or the like uh, the image of the divine in me. So there's this, this ideal of divine and then there's like the base or the human or my default nature basically. And that default nature is self-preservation. It's a bit um, fear of the other. It's like uh, everyone's out to get me. It's a bit victim mentality. Um, and, and it's also a bit hoarding, like get what I can because the world is scarce. And then there's this divine that says, uh, there's actually an abundance, so you don't have to hoard. And there's, um, and everyone has value, intrinsic value because they're made in my image being God's image. And so that should dictate how I treat them. They're not, um, potential enemies. It's like not friends versus enemies. Who can, who can I get stuff from and who, who's trying to get stuff from me? But it's more like we're all made in God's image. And so you, you treat people in that way. And then it's mm -hmm. um, a way to find self-compassion as well, because I'm made in God's image. And so when I feel this tension of like, I suck because of whatever might've happened or things I'm feeling, or um, it's more like, well, uh, I, you're at, there's a bit of a, a war within yourself and so faith has pushed me to continue to, to fight, to strive for that ideal. Um, yeah, that, that ideal version of me. Um, but also learning to find full, full love, full acceptance because of how a God who made me feels about me. So that's a little bit of like what faith has given me, I think. So do you, can I ask you questions? Is yeah. it, um, <laughs> no, I'm just curious. So, um, so if, so if you were to take away, like, if you were to take away, like, faith and God from your life, like, do you think that stops you from being your true self, or like, from from being your, I guess, your best self? <clears throat> I'm just... Yeah, it it's a good question, but it's almost like an impossible question to at, to answer because. I can't void myself of all the stories that I've been told all my life. You know what I mean? Cause like you were talking about the power of stories and like you, the more you hear a story, the more it, it creates your worldview of like how, how you're, right. how you're to interact. So then I guess I wouldn't even know what that would look like to not have both the stories, but also the people who have influenced me and the, the hard lessons I learned about stealing is not what you're supposed to do. And, I, I have a very distinct moment when I learned that. So different things like that. Um, I don't even know what that would look like to try to pull, pull those out of my sensibility. And do you, uh, do you, cause this is like the question that comes to my mind that like, 
uh, from what, from everything you just said that um, there is a like that a person is putting like so much like or or attaching so much to the idea of faith the idea of god which is why i asked you like what happens if you take that away mm-hmm. uh but it's yeah and it's like man that's a lot of pressure on god <laughs> but like you know what i'm saying like i think like like what like what is yeah what 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 are you without it but i guess i i i see what you're saying and it it kind of helps me also like you know get a peek into like what a lot of indian society is about that like a lot of people don't know what their life is without it right like they can't mm. picture their life without it or they don't really um it's easy for me to say like you know separate those two but it's mm. very difficult for a lot of people to actually um yeah like look at it as in, as um mm. isolate isolate yourself or isolate the idea of um, yeah yeah totally well and it's interesting and and i kind of mentioned this too you can get you can go from story to superstition and superstition can become a crutch that people lean on i must kiss this necklace in order to perform well in this sport i must hang this little eye thing above the the door frame of my house to protect against bad spirits uh i must pray before we eat our christian meal otherwise it's not blessed things like that and so humans i think are we're pattern setters. We, we long for stability. So we set patterns and then we like keep the patterns because it makes us feel safe. So one of the things you could be asking me is like, yeah, like are there crutch methods that, that I feel like I have to do because otherwise God won't be happy with me or something. Um, but I've also kind of looping this into the stories because when you have kids, it really starts to highlight like how, how am I, you know, what did my parents do and how am I going to do this? Because one of the things that I would ask you, let's say like you have little two-year-old Sadamani Jr. Um, and she's really cute. She's a really cute kid. Your, your future kid's going to be cute, just so you know. Um, and, <laughs> but you have these decision sense. moments literally every single night and probably throughout the day because the kid wants to be read to. And so maybe the true like letting them choose would be let's not read anything because if you choose a book, you're already moving in a direction of a narrative. So then you could be like, well, let's, you know, so then what do you choose? Do you only choose superhero movies from Marvel? But then you're getting a Marvel perspective of the world. Or maybe it's DC and you're like, oh, it's the Superman perspective. Or do we do the, the Hindu stories that you grew up with? Or maybe um, your boyfriend's got, um, yeah, Islamic stories that, that maybe he grew up with. Or I like, I have no idea. But it's, um, it's inevitable because that's, what, that's what, we, what's what we need as kids. We need those stories. Um, you know, we even just recently bought a book that had a bunch of diversity within its pages. So like our kid can see people of different colors, but even that is taking a stand on how to see the world. So the stand of that book is diversity is a good thing. And I agree with the book, which is why we bought it. But you can kind of tell how um, you, you will have to make decisions if you, if you have a kid. Like, I guess you, you can get away with maybe not as an adult, but as a parent, you, you, like, you would have to start to make some of these decisions of what narrative do I want my child to start to think about? No, I, I completely agree with you. I feel like, so, I mean, that's also what happened in my case, right? I think, um, yeah, my parents made certain decisions and that's why we had certain 
god idols in our house and you know that's what we grew up around i think that's completely fair because also like these are your beliefs and it's it's fair to be like this is this is information that i have and i'm presenting it to you but like my my question is more like what if at age 18 or 16 or whatever naomi is like hey you know what i've i've heard all this it's great but i feel differently like i have a different mindset and mm. i believe in something different like is like would you be open to that that's when we would lock her in the closet i'm just kidding just kidding <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> um no uh great question and i'm i'm actually really looking forward to that day it's inevitably going to happen naomi is inevitably yeah. going to start to disagree with me as the dad and us as parents and pretty soon i'm not going to be the cool guy anymore i'm just going to be lame all the time and and it's a really healthy process because what i want to raise naomi into i would like her to fall in love with the christian narrative as i have but more than anything i want to raise her as a critical thinker who is yeah. well seeped in a tradition but then able to um look at it and question it and and know if she wants it so i want her to choose for herself ultimately i don't know when that moment will be but i'm going to hopefully always encourage doubt questions um yeah for her to be like why do we do this and and i think you get into trouble when it's like this is just what we do get with the program yeah 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 no that's yeah that's really cool i think that i mean like that is also what i am 100% for like i think everybody has a right to have certain beliefs but like you can't impose you can't impose ideas on somebody like if 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 a person feels and which is also why i really appreciate this podcast because i think this is like a way of hmm. understanding each other like you know knowing uh yeah like where you come from or where i come from and yeah. that's that's interesting hmm. nice that's actually a great place to end our part one <laughs> um cool sonami there we go that's our part one we're gonna take a little break come back and do part two um start to be thinking about any other things you want to be getting into any questions you have and for all you out there you've been listening to between two worlds podcast about belief unbelief and everything in between join us for part two see what we get into